0: Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast.
1: You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Better dig deep and put them in the ground. But on their hands, they're back.
0: Save us all. They're gonna burn it
1: down. Save us all
0: before they burn it down. This episode of the Steadfast and Law podcast brought to us by our friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. Click Learn More below right now to activate your U.S. Concealed Carry Association membership. The United States Concealed Carry Association helps responsibly armed Americans like you and I prepare for the before, during, and after of a self-defense incident. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance, plus It's risk-free with their money-back bulletproof guarantee. Click learn more right now to explore membership. And don't wait until it's too late. Click learn more right now. And as always, the United States Concealed Carrier Association is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here. And, you know, every now and then something happens in the great state of Texas that I think is going to be memorable. One of the things that when I think of Texas, I think about the letter, that Steve that uh, Travis wrote, 24 February, 1836. Well, there was a letter that was written last week by a Texan, a lawman, a sheriff. And I want to share that with you. I write this letter to inform Texans of the current crisis we are facing on our border and ask that we come together in forming a solution. The border crisis that Texans faced last year rages on and has now impacted many of your homes and has rendered every Texas county a border county. Kenny County consists of 3,129 souls and heavily relies on ranching and hunting to sustain our economy. The safety and security of our county has been constantly under threat since early 2021 by those who have no desire to seek asylum through lawful means. Due to our geographic location being situated between Del Rio and Eagle Pass, we are painfully aware of the degrees to which illegal aliens will wreak havoc in our country communities. Our homes are being broken into in the middle of the night. The local school district has been forced to erect military barricades around campus to protect students from smugglers evading law enforcement. Walking outside on our own property after dark is no longer safe. The residents of Kenny County no longer enjoy the comfort and safety of their own home. Words cannot adequately describe the conditions on the ground and the daily threats we have been forced to contend with. Kinney County currently maintains a law enforcement presence on both roadways and local ranches. A county brush team has been created to patrol, interdict, and arrest individuals committing criminal trespass and home burglaries on local ranches. Both Galveston, Galveston County and Goliad County have graciously aided our efforts in the field. However, resources and manpower are stretched to the breaking point to successfully maintain operations. We are, therefore expanding our request and calling upon the people of Texas and beyond for your help. By sending this letter, I am requesting any aid that your county may be able to provide in this border crisis, whether it be manpower, equipment, or operators. This crisis has made all counties a border county. It is imperative that we stand ready here at the border in order to protect and serve the people of our great state. Signed, Sheriff Brad Coe of Kenney County, Texas. And that's who joins me on the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Sheriff Brad Coe, my dear friend, it's good to see you. What inspired you to write this magnificent letter that I s- said truly believe this will go down in history, much like the Travis letter of 1836?
1: Well, Colonel, it's good to see you again. Uh, the, the letter was, uh, it, it took more than me to just write it, trust me. There's some words in there that I can't even explain, let alone spell. Um, but no, we're, what we're seeing is last year, <clears throat> we're a county of 1,400 square miles. Mm-hmm. Every road I have leads away from the border. We apprehended last year for, for calendar year 22, uh, 781 smugglers. The year prior, we had 161. We thought when we had 161 smugglers that we would put our fingers in the hole in the dam. But last year proved us wrong. With 781 sm- uh, smugglers, we ha- we apprehended over 3,000 illegal aliens, and now they're trying to tell me that the numbers are down. So far, I haven't seen that.
0: You know, when you think about your force and the, the size of Kenny County, how many sheriff deputies do you have there in Kenny County?
1: Well, I've got six full-time. Uh, I've got 10 part-time that can work up to 20 hours a week. Uh, Galveston County, both the— Constable's offices and sheriff's office has graciously sent us uh, assistance. They sent us uh, four every week on rotating basis. And last year, those deputies accounted for a little over ten percent of every arrest we had. So yes, additional staff, additional support makes a huge difference.
0: You know, President Joe Biden recently, you know, flew down here, spent three hours at a uh, point of uh, of entry there in El Paso. How does it make you feel that here's the president of the United States of America that could not take the time and come down there and walk the ground that you and your sheriff deputies are
1: walking? Well, for one, he's a career politician. Uh, Number two, that was all stage. That was a huge photo op for him Mm -hmm. to have the opportunity to say, I've been to the border. I've seen what's going on. Uh, He saw an area that they had spent three or four days cleaning up so that he could grace his presence there.
0: A Potemkin Village, without a doubt. And one of the great things, you know, I've been down there specifically with you uh, three or four times. And one time we were down there in the middle of the night and uh, we walked some uh, little trails over there and you showed us how we could look down on the, the Rio Grande River. Have we gotten people out there into the bush like we talked about that night uh, to, to make sure we are not having ourselves open to this infiltration and invasion?
1: Well, I've done the best we can. Right now, I've got a team of about three that uh, hit various ranches every day to see what kind of foot traffic we're having through there. And if there's something they can apprehend, they'll apprehend we'll charge them with the trespass. But as far as getting down on the river, I just don't have the, the resources yet to, to handle that.
0: Now, when you talk about this whole thing, arresting people for trespassing, which is, if I'm correct, just a misdemeanor, uh, do they end up being released? Uh, do you have you know have the resources to waste your time to hold them in your uh, jail facility?
1: Well, under Operation Lone Star, it went from a class B or for a class C and class B misdemeanor to a class A misdemeanor because ninety percent of it is on agricultural property. Yeah. So it's class A misdemeanor. Uh, so far, we have prosecuted over thirty-five hundred cases, with another two or three thousand more to go, and some of them are getting a significant time. Uh, depends on their attorney. Uh, some of them are taking a plea deal, but uh, everything we're being we're holding is in a state facility in D- in Dilly, Texas, and down in the valley. Yeah. And right now, as last count, I had 620 people in jail, or I should say, there were 620 people in jail from nine different counties. Of the 620, 52% of mine.
0: Now, how are you dealing with the fact that the cartels are using social media and apps on telephones to recruit Americans to come down there and transport these illegals?
1: Well, that's one of the things we're looking at. I'm trying to get something going through the at least through the state legislature to take a look at that and see if there's any additional uh, penalties we can impose on these people if and when we do catch them. Uh, like like you said, FaceTime, WhatsApp, TikTok, all of it. they're, they're using that to their advantage. And the sad part is we don't have the capability of monitoring everything that they're doing.
0: Now, one of the questions everyone talks about is, do we have operational control of the border zone down there? I'd like to get your perspective on that because you live it every single day.
1: Operational control of the border would be nothing coming across illegally. But yet every day, groups of 100, 300, 500 come across every single day. And they overwhelmed the Border Patrol from actually doing what they were hired to do, turned them into processors and babysitters. So, no, we're do not. we far from having control of the border. The, the cartel controls the border on both sides.
0: The amazing thing to me is, you know, I just recently saw the story of uh, four military-age males in New York City who were transported by bus from Texas to New York, and they committed a crime, busted up a Macy's store, $12,000 in goods and services. How, why are we allowing single military age males to come into this this country?
1: That that's that's a real good question. Everything that I have on camera, walking through the county, I've got, I've got cameras everywhere. It seems like ninety eight percent of them military age males. That's
0: incredible to me because you know if you want to talk about an invasion, that's mm-hmm. an invasion. Uh, you know, one million gotaways, that's greater than the military strength of our active duty Marine Corps and Army. Uh, and those are the people we have no idea about. Those are the people that are trying to purposefully uh, evade any type of capture.
1: All right. And uh, like that's why, that's why we went with the word invasion when we made our declaration, because it doesn't have to be a bunch of people coming across with uh, tanks and armored personnel carriers. No. It can be a silent army like they're doing get their people embedded where they want them where whether New York City, Chicago, Fort Worth, then they have that open relationship going. They've got the the means to get their product, their people to wherever and they'll control the highways before long.
0: Now, if I were to ask you what are the top four things that you would like to have? I mean, it's it's Christmas uh, in in January, <laughs> okay? And the, and Santa Claus has showed up and he said, "Share Braco four things that you uh, would want and, and would be immediately given to you down in uh, Kenny County. What would they be?
1: Number one would be a new jail. Our jail is done. I've got room for three. We need to open, We need a new jail with a capacity of about 48 to 50 people. That'd be item number one. Uh, number two, enough qualified and uh, enthusiastic personnel to cover what we're trying to do. Cause you know, as well as I do, uh, <clears throat> Just because you have 100 people doesn't mean it's going to get the job done. You've got that one true leader in there that's doing 90% of the work. So I need strong, motivated people, which right now I do have. I've got six of them. Uh, Of course, some of the other stuff would be uh, a new facility in which to work out of so we can keep this plan going. And off-the-wall deal, let me have a couple of A-10s (laughs) at (laughs) AC-130.
0: Well, I think Joe Biden was talking about, you know, I got F fifteen, so maybe he can lend you a few of those as well. You know, serious question, uh, because it is about manpower, it is about personnel, and you know, many people are going to see this podcast and they're going to say, "Man, I wish I could come down there and help." Sheriff Bradco, is there a means by which people can come down there? You can deputize them or whatever, and they can spend time with you three, four days or the shot, whatever, rotate in. And be on the ground to help you in, in Kenny County?
1: Well, we're still having some issues with that because, uh, of course, the Constitution says I can do it. Uh, Texas office, um, law enforcement says I can't. And then there's the occupational code, which says maybe I can, maybe I can't. So we're trying to get that stuff worked out before we go calling a bunch of people to come down here and deputize officially. But in a circumstances like with you, I would deputize you in a heartbeat.
0: Well, then you can, I will be uh, calling you off, uh, off camera, whatever. And we're going to set up a time for me to come down there and spend about five days with you. Okay. And, and I'll just rotate and continue to do so.
1: That sounds like a plan.
0: And, and now I can bring my own weapons, right? Cause I'm not going out there, you know, butt naked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but naked. But, but you would, you'd look good in a loincloth and a knife.
0: Well, that's true. I, I could do the old Spartan thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, seriously. And one, some, one of the other things you, you're asking about uh, Santa Claus, uh, to provide these ranchers with enough funding to, to fix what's been damaged. Yeah. Uh, I've got one rancher. Uh, he's, got a, he's got one particular pasture that's almost 3,000 acres. Mm-hmm. He can't use it because they've cut the fence so many times that he can't put any livestock in there or it's going to get out. He can't put his exotics in there. So he's sitting on 3,000 acres, which right now is probably worth about $9 million that he can't do anything with.
0: And that's an economic impact on you down there that you just articulated. I mean, what's the estimation of the economic impact on Kenny County and the ranchers?
1: Well, we got hit pretty hard this year because we didn't have our hunters that we usually have come in. Yeah, But on the other side, we had... Uh, a bunch of troopers stationed here, which kind of helped make up for the loss. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really notice it so much this year. But I think in the years to come, uh, we're going to see more and more and more of it. And if we lose our hunters, we're done. That's what what keeps our grocery stores open, our gas station open, and our restaurants. And the hunters are very, very gracious because they will buy their gas and food and eat at the restaurants here.
0: So this is not just... A security issue for your residents there is not just a national security issue; it's an economic security issue for your county.
1: Truly, an economic deal because if, if uh, we lose our tax base, we lose our hunters, we lose our ranchers, and ranchers—some of these ranchers—are thinking about selling. And that, which brings up the question: Is there going to be subdivided, you know, ten-acre plots, which is a real headache? Number two, uh, are the cartels going to try to buy some of this real estate? Of course. To keep their operation going. Yeah. Number three. Or the Chinese going to try to come in and buy some of this stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, it's more than just, you know, 2 300 illegal aliens walking through the county every day. This has a, a huge impact on down the road. And,
0: and I I just want to clarify to people that right next door to you in, in Del Rio, that's where the uh, former member of the Chinese Communist uh, uh, Army bought up 130,000 acres next to the uh, airbase there. Yeah. So, and it's so- it's already happening.
1: So one of the things I heard was, well, uh, there's laws against that. The Chinese can't come over here and buy real estate. They can't do this. They can't do that. Well, we have laws on the books that say you can't produce meth and you can't sell meth and you can't possess meth, but I've got an evidence room full of it. There you go. So.
0: How can people follow you and, and learn more about what is happening down in Kenney County? I mean, you're you're at the tip of the spear.
1: Well, we do have a Facebook page on uh, for, the, for the sheriff's office uh we're like we said a little understaffed trying to keep up with things uh, but we're we're trying to post them as as we get them and my wife has graciously volunteered to help keep some of those posts alive
0: well i want to send a shout out to people there if you are good with website management that's something that you can do to help volunteer uh for kenny county because all the manpower they have they've got to get them out there on the streets and share bradcoe Uh, I'll be contacting you very soon, and we're going to arrange for me to be down there with you for a week at a time.
1: That sounds like a plan.
0: God bless you, and thank you for all that you're doing.
1: God bless you, and thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing.
0: Well, you're steadfast and loyal, my friend. (laughs) Take care now.
1: You too, brother. Bye-bye.
0: I want to thank Sheriff Bradcoe for joining us on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast to talk about what he's facing down there with the invasion, invasion of his county. And that's happening all across here in the state of Texas. And as Sheriff Brad Coe would say, every county in the United States of America is becoming a border county because of what we see sifting through our border here in Texas as well as Arizona. So if you like what you saw, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, remain steadfast and loyal.
1: Before
0: they burn it down